0: What is up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church Sermon Spotlight, where we are coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend to debrief in an effort to send biblical truth. And what better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm Abby Linenberg, and uh, to my right we have Alicia Batalia. Hi, Alicia.
1: Hi. Happy Valentine's Day.
0: Valentine's Day. Yes.
1: Thank you. And um, I have I have to put in a little plug because we've got some news. Yeah there are new chairs downstairs and they are fabulous as i was coming in did Dave, you sit it did you sit Dave in one? was down there and he's like sit down nice. so they are squishy they're comfortable they don't squeak they don't sag nice. yeah so very exciting it is very exciting <laughs> so everybody's in for a treat next uh, next weekend <laughs> <laughs> definitely
0: yeah um and to my left you've already heard him he's a little bit of everywhere in youth uh normally in this seat but this past weekend in the pulpit Caleb Pearson
2: hello. hello Abby good job with the intro by the yeah, way that was it was, was it was phenomenal <laughs> very well spoken uh yeah the chairs are dope uh, I'm very excited for that uh, and they're it's, pretty it's, it's like the like, one
0: they're really they're vogue yeah yeah, yeah. good yeah. it's gonna yeah. bring us to a new level yes yes <laughs> Um, well, I feel like I need to start out with like a little disclaimer in okay. case anyone uh, was unsure about the credibility of your statement that people our age have a fear of doorbells. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Are you going to back me up on yeah, that? I am, oh, yeah.
0: I, I am um, also struggle with the fear of doorbells. Yes. I can't say that all of us our age have that fear, but...
1: Uh, I mean, let's, Alicia, how, how do your kids
2: do. act? You, you live out in the boonies. Nobody yeah, rings your it, doorbell.
1: Yeah, it... it, it. Rarely goes rarely, off? Rarely, it rarely dings, but when it does, I get excited. Yeah, <laughs> <is>. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, someone's here, yay. So, yeah, uh, I don't know, I'll I have to ask them about that. Yeah. I, we didn't talk about the doorbell. But
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Abby, for backing me up. For
0: sure, of mm-hmm. course. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, to run over the weekend in review, um, was there anything specifically, Caleb, you felt like you didn't get to touch on?
2: Yeah, not a whole lot. I mean, you look at Acts 9, and, and Alicia, I'll, I'll be interested to hear your thoughts, especially from F3, because I feel like I don't get to hear from F3 people a whole lot. Um, this passage is, is pretty clean-cut. Uh, Acts is, in itself is already a narrative, but this is just, right as the chapter ends, the, he takes a break of talking about Saul and just mentions, by the way, here's Peter, and here's what he's up to. And the main reason that clarification is there is is because of what's going to happen in Acts 10. Now, I had a choice whether or not to go into Acts 10. I don't like to get ahead when I know we'll be there eventually. And with a couple weeks break of Acts, I didn't want to be like, we're about to immediately learn this, 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 and this, because it'll be a couple weeks before we hear about it. But no, there wasn't a whole lot. If anything, it was like, okay, Lord, this is a clear-cut narrative. It's just a recounting of what Peter was up to. H- how do I get 40 minutes out of this? What what can I focus on? And so I'd, I've tried to focus on those those three things, the three H's, but... Yeah, yeah, I mean, that did that was, come across well, or what?
1: it did? It was very good because it was. I mean, we went from talking about Saul, and then we jumped back to Peter, which we hadn't seen since chapter eight, when he was in Samaria, and and he and John went down to pray to give the Holy Spirit, and then mm-hmm. he gave that address uh, to the magician, um, that sharp rebuke, and then then we get. Into Saul, and then now we're back to Paul. I mean Peter. Sorry. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah. So it's uh, the narrative aspect of it is really good, and some some things that stood out to me, and and just thinking about this passage, and the the miracles in and of themselves are amazing and wonderful. But um, I was asking myself the why, like, why did this happen? And Mm -hmm. I appreciated how you, uh, took us back to the Mark story when Jesus raised, uh, Jairus's daughter from the dead and, um, just how Peter, he was a witness to that. And of course he's learning from the, the Mm -hmm. one, the one. And, um, so here, he's been given this opportunity to emulate his Savior mm-hmm. in that way. And, um, and one thing that was interesting about that passage is when Jesus charged the people not to say anything, mm-hmm. and then this passage was different. And it's um, in verse 35, after, he, uh, after Peter heals Anais, mm-hmm. um it says, and all the residents of Lida and Sharon saw him, and they turned to the Lord. So that, I don't know what that number is. It's insane. But it's, but it's a significant yeah. number. Yeah. And then when we go down and look and see, um, after Tabitha was raised from the dead, um, it's uh, this is verse 42, 42 yeah. yeah um, n- n- so let me, I'll just read it. And it became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. And so what was that number? Well, it was mm-hmm. going to be a lot. <laughs> many is a lot. So we see here that G- you know, Jesus is growing his church. Peter, mm-hmm. the last time, when we saw him in uh, chapter 2, 3,000 got saved. Here, all the people in Lydda, many in Joppa. So the, the numbers are increasing pretty rapidly. Mm-hmm. And it's neat to see that... Um, in the name of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. the church is spreading. And Peter's not the, you know, he's not the man. Jesus is the man. And mm-hmm. and that's where the power is. It's in the name of Jesus and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Which I
2: think is so important because the text could have said, you know, Peter could have said, the Spirit heals you, and we probably wouldn't wouldn't bat our eyes at that. Mm-hmm. The Spirit heals you. The Spirit has descended. Mm-hmm. But it's it's neat to notice even then there wasn't a hyper-spiritualized way of going about spreading God's church. It was this Jesus guy. There's a lot of merit to him still. Mm-hmm. And I I love, if anything, Abby, per your question, like it, it could have been fun to devote more time to Mark 5. I wanted to cover our passage, but... Mm-hmm. To go back to that and see, man, Peter got to see it actually happen. So yeah. when he comes across a dead person later, there, there's probably a sense of, okay, well, I know Jesus grabbed her hand, right? Yeah. And I, and I right. know Jesus c- told her to arise. Like there's, yeah. there's that relationship mm-hmm. there, and that's comforting for me because, and I mentioned this at the end. You know, we're, we're not in a time period where we can bring people back from the dead like that, yeah. but we can speak life into somebody who's experiencing death. And it's not this, oh my goodness, I need to summon the spirit and then all of a sudden I'll know what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a there's a subtlety to the Trinity here, and it's the Spirit is working in unison with Jesus, and there's a theology of understanding where Jesus is right now mm-hmm. because, yes, yeah. his Spirit is with us, and that's how he's working down here, absolutely. But God is working up there too. Right. On the right hand of Father God is Jesus, and, and even prayer demonstrates that where the Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf when we pray, mm-hmm. and then Jesus intercedes on our behalf to, when God hears the prayer. And so there's this involvement of everyone. And I just appreciated the similarity of these two two encounters because it, it paints that picture even more vividly.
1: Yeah. And, and another thing that's interesting in that moment when um, he, he gave her his hand and raised her up. Mm-hmm. So there, He's, he's just touched a dead body, you know, which <laughs> yeah. is ceremonially unclean. Like, mm-hmm. and, and so there's a little bit of, we're going to get into to Simon um, mm-hmm. the, in the next chapter too, but it touches the tanner. You know, he's, he is touching dead animal skins, oh, yeah. you know. So the, yeah. these walls are starting to break down mm-hmm. of the ceremonially unclean. And so just that tender moment of him um, giving her his hand, and her being raised up, and um, that just it shows this picture of that resurrection power. And that thinking about that, that led me to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting in verse 42. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a nat- in a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there- is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. Thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living be- being, and the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. And here we see that happening. It's this visual picture of, mm-hmm. of life in Christ and that resurrection um, life that we've been given. And mm. there's there's definitely a purpose in both of these situations here, because Aeneas, he's Essentially, in a very similar situation, because he's he's paralyzed, Mm -hmm. and in that time, um, he has like no means to provide for himself. So he's begging. He is um, he's completely dependent on other people. And in that time, it's basically you know you're as good as dead, really. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and here he's been given this once again resurrection power, and so Mm -hmm. I think that when Luke is writing this, um, it's it's by all intention to show um, the this picture of life in Christ, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is so beautiful. Yeah, it's yeah.
0: really beautiful. It seems to be, I mean, they don't necessarily tell us the timing either. It's now as Peter was traveling, now in Joppa. But mm-hmm. it seems like it's spreading fast, too. Right. And oh, yeah. I mean, you mentioned it's like from here to Middletown-esque. But like we have cars. So here to Middletown is like five minutes. Mm-hmm. But for them, that would have been pretty far right. to travel quickly.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you have to remember, I mean, you think of Israel's this nation, this chosen nation. You, you grow up, especially in the church, in my case, thinking Israel's huge. Like Israel's massive, Mm -hmm. but compared to the United States, Israel is not big. So you can, I I had a conversation with somebody at the end of the first service about how they so appreciated the use of the map just to give a frame of reference. Mm -hmm. And and he said, even he's taught before when he brings an overlay of a map of Virginia with Israel to just say, this is how close. Yeah, Yeah. And so it's cool to (laughs) perspective and it's like, oh, wow. Okay. Like this is still feels a lot like ground zero for the gospel. Yes, it's mm-hmm. triumphing, crazy things are happening, but it is literally word of mouth, walking town to town 10 miles at a time. Yeah. And that speaks to the value of the the testimony. This is something I I didn't bring out too much, but the word spread, like Peter's deed in... Lita, uh, happened to, they heard wind of it and were like, get him here. Mm -hmm. And and that just speaks to the importance of kind of all of us doing this together and not staying in our own zone. Uh, When you realize, oh my goodness, there was a blessing just down the road and I had no clue. Like we we live like that all the time. People people drive to, to work struggling with who knows what past so many places that could be a safe haven or a rescue and God's doing great things in all these places. That's why I, I started naming as many neighborhoods as I could name. <laughs> it brought it just, home just too. To kinda, yeah, it just did. to kind of just to kind of spark it cuz you say Winchester and it's kind of like, yeah, we all are. Yeah, that's most of us, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Yeah. But I wanted to try to pinch a little bit, I guess, mm-hmm. of like, oh, you know oh he said my neighborhood like uh, i don't know i pictured kids going like i had a a student come up to me you said my neighborhood Uh like yeah what'd you think about that he's like oh my goodness you know whatever but it it does make it home right because that's where this is happening so when i first started studying this passage i'm like it is so cool that yes Mm -hmm. acts is responsible for carrying us you know from old to new in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. and one of those is the the places in which God is working and mm-hmm. just how important we are as the saints, we are as the temple now. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, these are not wonderful, elegant encounters. They're happening in homes, yeah. but not to the degree they were with Jesus, where it was short, it was right. intimate, it was not yet, not yet, not yet. Mm-hmm. Now the church is unleashed mm-hmm. and everybody's getting to know about it and it started in, in somebody's house. And I just think that's that's really incredible. Yeah through and
0: that kind of takes us then to your points that you ended up with um living in a trading port for the gospel treating unmet needs um as godly opportunities and pointing people to christ Mm -hmm. um and also i mean those your H's that you had too of Mm -hmm. um working in homes working in hearts and then working through him um one kind of like thought that i had especially with working in homes that you mentioned is i don't know you know when um you have like troubled kids in school or something and they say, oh, well, they have problems at home. Mm-hmm. Well, that just kind of like reminded me of your sermon of like when you when you want to make a difference, you start in the home. Mm-hmm. You address the problems at home, the intimacy of the home. You build from there and that's mm-hmm. kind of where it grows. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just kind of what I yeah. when you were talking about. Yeah.
2: That. I mean, we even have a resource in our home center. I, I read it as part of my internship. It, it's called It Starts at Home. Yeah. And it just talks about faith and your spiritual walk and how it needs to be, you know, from the out from the inside out and and doing that. And yeah, I think that's important. The passage brings it out in that way. The, it's it's hearts in the home and it's ultimately in Christ but the passage describes where this is happening and then it clarifies how it's happening and so i just i, I, I was fascinated by that idea of oh this is happening inside the house of a paralyzed guy yeah. nobody even likes going in there anymore it's right. been 8 yeah. years right. they could point to where he lives no way they're walking in going hey pal you know how's yeah. it hanging yeah yeah they're like that's where he is
1: yeah
2: and that's where god works and right. then there's something about seeing somebody risen that is otherwise supposed to be down that brings you face to face with who God is. All those people got to see Him. Mm-hmm. It's been eight years. He's been like that for eight years, and now He's walking. And yeah. and our moment of salvation. How is it not like that? Yeah. When yeah. we realize Jesus died for me, and He conquered that death. He yeah. is He is living. And and yeah, it was it was cool to do that. The thing about the uh, trading port as the gospel. It's cool to think about these towns and how busy they were, mm-hmm. and that helps us understand it, it had to have been a lot of people, and it was kind of of course it was. Word was spreading. It was that Disney montage through the town. Like everyone's, did you hear? Did you see? Because it's so busy what is happening there. And a lot of people ended up focusing when they preach through this or teach through it on verse 33, because they do research on Simon the Tanner. They say he's a leather maker. They talk about how not noble that profession is, how gross it is right. they say he must have been down by the water to get away from everybody else and the smell, and a lot of people think forty three is the the point of the passage, maybe Peter stayed with stinky people, we can too <laughs> or or you know peter Peter went to the dirty the dirty, paralyzed icky parts of the world, and it's like yeah, he did, but the the point of the passage is these two encounters and say God is living and active, mm-hmm. and he Luke has to update us on Peter because of what he's about to say yes. in Acts 10 and, and how everyone's positioned for God. And so as miraculous as this is, this is actually a period of idleness in Peter's life. Mm-hmm. He he is doing things for Christ while faithfully wondering what's next. Mm-hmm. And so to read Acts 10 in a couple weeks, knowing that's what just happened is going to be very cool. Because so if we don't do that, we just say, oh, sweet. But I'm I'm hoping...
1: God's preparing the next Yeah, I'm I'm
2: hoping people read Acts 10 and go, man, and this is what he just did, and now he's doing this? Like, that's exciting to me. Yeah.
1: I loved um, when you said also um, how we as Christians, we need to have our radar radar up for God moving, and there's no such thing as like an off-the-clock Christian, Mm -hmm. and um, so we see the intentionality that God's working here and Mm -hmm. um, God's still intentional in what he's doing now in our lives and in our neighborhoods. And so Mm -hmm. um, that really uh, convicted me of, is my radar up? Am I really looking for what God's doing? Mm -hmm. Am I anticipating what God's doing next? Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, in those situations of like, if, if I were Peter and and I you know knew Aeneas was there I would I be probably like (laughs) everybody else and just turn a blind eye or or here's
2: a hundred excuses I'm not gonna go right now exactly Mm -hmm.
1: like how how often do Mm -hmm. I do that Mm -hmm. and um, so it just getting outside of ourselves and seeing that God has an intentional plan, and mm-hmm. it's um, so many will believe. Mm-hmm. And we get to be a part of that, which is really cool. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, there's just so many stories of, of teens, young adults. Uh, I, I grew up in the church. My, my parents always brought me to church. And then here's my struggle and my brokenness, and it has something to do with their upbringing or their home life. And we've, we've, uh, think about what they did in the Old Testament, acted like a bunch of dummies, but there was a temple and you could go there and you could get your act together and hop on in and see you know the holy and then the holiest of holies mm-hmm. and then all that mm-hmm. how often do we slip back into that i mean we do our culture does they did back then especially when paul writes to galatia he's like guys we're slipping back into this mm-hmm. this perspective that is mm-hmm. not what god wants from us mm-hmm. we, we're we're meant to give him our life not yeah. not our weekend and yeah. you want to you want to try to do that and that's where I love to preach and teach because it kind of doesn't matter which passage it is. You want to do two things. Remind people this is not for right now. This is for the rest of your week. Mm-hmm. And you want to mention Christ. Yeah, uh, I think Charles Spurgeon once said, if whoever preaches a sermon without mentioning Jesus, it should be the last sermon they ever preach. Mm. Because you can That's get true. fascinated by the text and the book and the blah, blah, blah. But mm-hmm. if you don't arrive at that man yeah. <laughs> and what he has done for you, and this passage, ironically, made it very easy to do that because the encounter is so strikingly similar. But
1: yeah. yeah, that speaking of that, it makes me think about um, just with um, this restoration, God's restoring power, and that um, the the kingdom which we have been saved to, mm-hmm. and in this picture of this new life that's been given, and um, that takes me to Revelation 21 which is just um, so helpful because I think that in the here and now we need to be ever thinking of what's to come and this is this is that picture for us then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more and I saw the holy city new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride adorned for her husband and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying behold the dwelling place of God is with man he will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am, ma- I am making all things new. And he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Hmm. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give from the spring of water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. Mm-hmm. That's our hope. this That's like, that is uh, part of this resurrection life that's we're going to get to experience. And... um, it's, it's important. Thinking about the future should affect the way that we live now. Sure. And
2: even, even studying Revelation, it can be hard and intimidating, but there are so many tethers back to the Word of God. Matthew yep. 6, seek first the kingdom of God, and yep. all of these things, the context there being food, water, and shelter, mm-hmm. will be added to you. And yeah. it, it, The kingdom mindset amidst the here and now, being the body of Christ, waiting in anticipation for what Christ is going to do, that's what it all is all comes down to. We mm-hmm. are we are between his first and second coming and that that has to mean something to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't need to think that there's so much left up in the air and, 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 oh my goodness, what he's left us. And I tried to clarify. He said, follow me and went yeah. the one direction. <laughs> right, yeah, that we we can't, can't go. Literally, we can't go. <laughs> How annoying is that, yes. right? <laughs> but it, we weren't without help. He, he right. said it himself, by the way. So Jesus mm-hmm. did something we didn't fully understand. So you got to do one thing. What did he say before this? Well, he told them, I'm sending you a helper, by the way. Mm -hmm. Like that, that's the encouragement, that's the motivation. And now that we know that's the spirit and it's still living and active, doing, doing this capable of these things is, is awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And to be able to speak that truth and that life to our neighbors and to the people in our household and to the people that God brings across our path is really a privilege. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And really just
0: bringing it all back around to your last point then of pointing people to Mm -hmm. christ Mm -hmm. um speaking of which there's a few things to point people towards um this Mm -hmm. week um this upcoming weekend and the weekend after that we are calling it a special corporate gathering and to clarify what that means is still going to be church still going to have worship still the same times but the service itself just might look a little bit different because we're going to be focusing specifically on our building bridges idea here um Mm -hmm. so look out for that this weekend. And the second weekend of that, the 26th, we also have a few things going on. The neighborhood prayer walks, um, there's going to be a potluck, and there's also the baptism service. So the fact of the matter, everybody, is that sermons are not meant to take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love and God bless.